Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. Today we're yakking about Arcane. Sorry for the cat purring. She's purring. Nothing really I can do about that. Arcane is a juicy boy. That show is about 40 minutes long. And I was not expecting that. So we got two episodes of Arcane in each chunk. We start off with we start off with the two main characters having a flashback of their meeting their surrogate dad. And it's rough. But we get into hijinks soon enough with the main character with the pink hair. <laughs> We'll call her Pinky because I don't remember her name. Right as of right now, I remember Powder, who's going to become uh, Jinx later because my husband mentioned that, oh yeah, she becomes Jinx. And then they like called her a Jinx uh, to all of their like little missions. So I was like, okay, she's a Jinx. I got it. So Powder, Jinx, great. She's the only character whose name I know. And she makes little mechanical doodads that are really cute. She was aiming to fucking kill a kid with shrapnel, with nail shrapnel. And I was all for it. I was like, get his ass like a pincushion. Because they were totally okay with beating the shit out of her. So I wasn't upset with her fighting back the only way she knew how. So you got Pinky, Junkrat, Powder, and Big Man. Who, honestly, we can just call him Roadhog, right? Even though his hygiene is like way better. They were doing a mission. They were off on a quest of some sort. We didn't know what they were doing. But I did take a special note of Junkrat saying that he can't wait to shoot down an airship and Powder saying she can't wait to ride one because that felt like they were trying to tell me that that's going to happen in the future and that maybe Junkrat's going to go to the dark side a little bit because he's being... He is the butt of all the jokes and stuff like that in this group. So he feels like the one, if there's going to be one that's going to betray everybody, it's going to be Junkrat. He's going to do it for like $5.75 and a bag of chips. Not even a good bag of chips. A 25 cent bag of like Dipsy Doodle. So I'm just imagining him shooting down her, her either he's going to betray them or he's going to just shoot down an airship not knowing she's in it. The drama. That was just the first five minutes. I didn't even get to talk about how beautiful this show is yet. The colors pop. The Art Deco style of everything is... I love that style. I'm a big fan of Art Deco style. Uh, I remember watching Batman and Robin, I think it was, and really being in love with it. And then you see a lot of... Um, you play Dragon Age and the Dwarves. That's like their style. Nice and clean, but also str stringent and harsh. And this is an honest-to-goodness steampunk show. I was super excited to see it because you never really see steampunk shows and stuff like that in like mainstream stuff. You see them in like lower stuff, but whenever you, whenever I get steampunk in anything, I always get super excited because it's something that's never really touched on in mainstream pop culture. Like in pop culture, they're like, they did zombies to death, but they will not touch steampunk. I don't know what it is. So I'm really excited to see a steampunk world. And yeah, they did steampunk, a steampunk world in Korra. And I'm really excited about that and where that's going to go in the future if they choose to go past the Legend of Korra, and, you know, go on to the the earth bend, the Earthbending Avatar next. They end up in a guy's house, or his workshop, rather, and they end up stealing a bunch of his doodads, including his blue. The blue has the power to fucking explode, and that is not normal. Not, not only did it explode, it exploded the entire apartment, and some of the wall, and debris crashing down on the citizens below. Now, we learn that this is where all the rich folk live. This is the happy, bright, shiny part of the city. In New York, there's deadass a place where the ghetto stops and the streets are visibly cleaner. It's crazy. It's on um, 102nd Street is where I notice it the most, on 3rd Avenue. And that's what it feels like looking at downtown New York is, is this 
pristine, clean, steampunky place. And the stuff where all their garbage goes is the ghetto. And they live in the ghetto. So they were just trying to steal shit to survive. They're like, these people ain't having a hard time eating. And then I looked at Big Man and I was like, he ain't either. Yeah, they go on the job, blow up some shit with some blue. They get Scooby-Doo chased by some cops and end up back in home. And they get there by going down a garbage chute. And then they go to home sweet home, get into a fight with some other toughs that find out that they did a job and made some money. They don't get their hands on the blue. Powder ended up accidentally throwing it into some water. It being where it is is gonna come up again they showed it like sinking to the bottom and i think we saw where it was sitting in the water and it was it just felt like we're gonna come back to this so remember this and i'm like all right cool i'm screenshotting this in my mind that bag is in the water full of blue now powder has one of them what she doesn't know she doesn't know that the blue was the thing that blew up and at the time i didn't know that shit was magic i just was thinking like oh new grenade awesome but the police chase reminded me a lot of the first episode of legend of korra in a good way, in a way that I was just like, oh man, I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see more of this because Korra also got me in as soon as it started. The fight scene that they have with the random thugs in on the way home was really good. It was really well choreographed and I really enjoyed watching Big Man use his weight as a weapon. Not like your typical cartoon, he's going to smack you with his belly or something like that, but he used his weight as leverage. The music in this show is also amazing. As soon as the opening started, the OP, I was like, damn, this is fire. And it reminded me a lot of the Daredevil um, opener with all of the busts and like clay, the like clay busts and statues and stuff. They're like rough Z brush work of the characters. It, so it kind of feels like a behind the scenes that you're seeing how they created these characters because they look fantastic. This looks This looks a lot like that movie, that Christmas movie about, I think it's about an elf. Um, that's hand-drawn 3D animation at the same time. Um, ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Klaus, I think it's called. It looks a lot like Klaus. It leans a little bit more into the CG than the hand-drawn. The music is also hot fire in this show. The OP started with a with a banger Imagine Dragons song. And if you want to find any of the other songs, just go to Spotify and look up the soundtrack for Arcane because it's all there listed on the Arcane soundtrack. It's not like they're just kind of getting random songs and throwing them in. These are songs exclusively licensed and looks like made for the show. And it looks like they're also, in this first episode anyway, it looks like they're embracing dark pop, which is something that I'm starting to get into as well. Big thumbs up. Love it. That they kind of combine things that were already combined. Like if you ever go to YouTube and you see art of any of these characters and then you click it and it's a music video, that music video is usually to like a dark pop I don't even know what to call it, electro pop song that's usually a banger. <laughs> and so it's interesting and really cool and awesome to see that side of the fandom of this show. But the soundtrack is a, is baller. On the way back home, they pass a like brothel, I guess. And outside is a very, very old goblin woman. And I was like, I had to do a double take. I was like, was that a fucking goblin? Are there goblins in this universe? And then we see a like anthropomorphic Pomeranian later. And I'm like, what? You need to stop for a second. And I was not told to expect goblins or Pomeranians that were sentient or... And I wasn't expecting any Warforged either. There was a whole ass robot man talking about his people's past. And I was like, hold on. 
I need more of it. I need to know more about how this world works. A lot of the show with me go be the lot of the first episode with me just looking around like a kid in a candy store, just amazed at the visuals and the cool character designs and awesome backgrounds and places and people and just going, whoa, this is a lot. And you're asking me to take it all in in 40 minutes. I, I need some time, Chief, to sit down and to sit down with this, which is why this is coming out so late. I needed some time to sit down and process. What did I just watch? It was a really good show, is that's what. I'm definitely on board, and it, it, it hit me right in the part of the brain that I didn't even know I had that wanted this. Because I don't play League of Legends, like, at all. I don't even know what that game is about. I don't know how to play it. Um, I don't even know what type of game it is. I play games, just not League of Legends, because all I hear about it is that it's the worst game and that the community is even worse. So it's like, nah, I don't feel like getting into that situation. I already left Overwatch because the community was a garbage fire. Uh, their like, surrogate dad owns a bar and they kind of live underneath it. And even his pipe is stylish. I think I may have a crush on their surrogate dad and his cute little Australian accent. Is it, all, is it an Australian accent? If not, that shows me for the ignorant American that I am. I love his like furnace pipe and the fact that whatever happens is his bar, he gets to kind of control it. He kind of feels like the mayor of the Underdark to me. Besides the ghetto, we also were calling it the Underdark, me and my husband. Then it kind of, the show switches gears and we go over to a obviously very evil, comically evil man. Now, when you see him, it, it took me out of the show because I was like, okay, look at this man. He has an evil cat. He has one glowing eye. Half his face is destroyed. He has an underground lair. He has a lair in the first place. He's a fucking Bond villain from the 60s. He's Dr. No. He made a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde serum because of course he did. And he's trying it out on mice and children. And it seems to have worked with the mouse. I'm not sure about the child yet, but that's the next episode. Let's talk about the next episode. I'm not saying that this guy is bad. He just took me... He just doesn't fit along with the rest of the show. He's so evil, so obviously evil. But the show grabbed me back in the next episode. We find out the other side of the situation with the big job. Pretty much there's this guy um, who's, who's an everyday normal dude. He's just a scientist. And um, the young scientist, he had things looking up for him, you know, until he was found out that he was trying to fuck around with magic. And they're like, listen, we only do science here. We don't do that magic. That's just dangerous. We don't fuck with that. So he got put on trial for it. Yo, the way this trial is set up and everybody's the way everybody was dressed. One woman had a fucking like dress that was clockwork. Oh my God, it was eye candy. It's eye candy. You want to just, I'm an artist. So like looking at this is like, if you wanted to make a movie and you went and saw a Scorsese joint, right? Or a Quentin Tarantino joint. And you were like, I, this is why I make movies. So yeah, good job, Arcane. Cause I'm sure you're sparking the, you're stoking the flames and embers of other people's creativity. And there's going to be tons of fan art and tons of people just playing in this world. It's all because of the show, because there's a lot of people that ain't going to think about touching that game because that game is toxic that people have been warned against. So expanding by making a fighting game, I, I hear is all in the works and by making the show is a brilliant idea. But the trial happens and I'm just in awe of the trial and the mechanical man and the talking Pomeranian that I'm just like, what? What's going on here? And they're talking about like magic fucked up the robot's people in the past. And I'm like, uh-huh, that's great. 
Whatever you say, man. Wow, this looks so, this looks wonderful. I'm just looking around. I'm like a tourist. But no, I actually like paid attention to the scene and watched this boy get expelled because he wanted to fuck with magic. And he has a backstory. He has a past where he knows magic can work with science. He he knows that people who aren't arcane in nature can deal with magic. You don't got to be a sorcerer to deal in magic. You don't got to be an X-Man to have mutant powers. But you know what? In the X-Men, whenever somebody says that, it's usually a bad thing. It's never good when somebody in the X-Men universe goes, Well, yeah, oh yeah? Well, I can have powers. And that's how you get the vul- the vulture making himself wings. This is how you get that. So I understand the council's leeriness about letting this dude mess with these kind of things. Then a guy with a cane who kind of reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time is like, takes takes this kid's research and finds him and goes, oh, I can help you with this. I got some plans. By the way, the kid was going to commit suicide. He lost everything. And he's in this thing. He's just thinking about jumping. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a lot. I should go to fucking does the dog die and fill out a bunch of reports. Like he was going to jump from a cliff. There was a cat murder which might scare a friend of mine away from this show. I'm less excited, honestly, about the super obviously evil villain with his Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde potion that he gave to the blonde kid. Yeah, you turned him into a Mr. Hyde, and he's probably going to go back and fight these dudes, but do you need that on top of the police? Usually, I'm like, on top of, give me the goofiest shit you can give me. It's just, he doesn't fit in here. Hopefully, that villain can change my mind on him. I do like the effect of him walking around in the darkness and all you see is his glowing eyeball. I'm a big fan of that. That's my thoughts on the first two episodes of Arcane. There's nine episodes of this and I'm upset there's not more to be honest with you. Come on back tomorrow or maybe the next day for me talking about some more Demon Slayer. Thanks so much again for hanging out.